Did you eat anything within the last hour? No. Then go ahead and dive in. <laughs> hey, that took oh, me a minute, but I, but I I didn't get there until you made the punchline. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Gloria. And welcome back to Circling Cersei, the podcast where we circle Cersei. It's <laughs> so a great name, isn't it? it? I know. The podcast really where we talk about everything but the book. <laughs> the podcast where we record ourselves talking about our personal lives for 45 minutes, then we cut it all out, and then we get into the show. Right. <laughs> Y'all miss some good Subscribe stuff. Subscribe to our Patreon for all the other bullshit. Yeah, we'll put all that yeah. content on there <laughs> for a dollar a month. The 30-minute podcast with the two-hour recording. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Uh, how y'all doing this week? This is our halfway point, technically. I know Kelsey, wow. not halfway into the number of the book. We're like, we're like, a th- no, not a third, like not a quarter, <laughs> between a quarter and a half. I can't do math. But yeah, we're, this is our halfway point of episodes because there's 24 chapters in the book and we are on chapter Woo-hoo! 12. Yeah. So congrats, ladies. Should I just dive in? Yeah. Cersei, the journey home. Uh, so <laughs> she heads home with, uh, Minos's, you know, lackluster crew and they're like super scared and skittish of her the whole time. Um, and you they said avoid- my name, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I got so scared cause I thought this was my chapter and I was like, oh, I thought I didn't do a summary. I thought- <laughs> You're like, what? I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready. No, I was trying to segue back, Gloria, um, from your dive-in joke that we talked about 25 minutes ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe Um, to our Patreon to hear our entire conversation about (laughs) food, (laughs) cultures, and when we mispronounce things. (laughs) Yeah. We might leave that in. Who knows? And how we're suppressive people. And how we're now (laughs) hunted by the Church of Scientology. (laughs) Okay. We just got to keep teasing this stuff and put that shit on Mm -hmm, our Patreon. That's mm -hmm. what we're going to do. So um, the men on board, like I said, they seem pretty spooked by this witchy lady. uh, Farmika. (laughs) Farmaka. Farmaka. So she gets back to her island. Ayaya. Ayaya, whatever. Ayaya, ayaya, and um, her lion. Ayaya, and her lion is pretty pissed at her for leaving, um, but she's glad she's back. Right? You know, it's like when your friend does something that pisses you off, but you love them anyways. So, and you know, really, kind of for the first time, Cersei is starting to feel the constraints of this island she's living in. Before, I think she was kind of in this honeymoon phase. And I think, you know, going over to Crete and then meeting Daedalus, that kind of opened some doors for her that she really started realizing are shut when she's on this island. Getting Um, shown the first kindness of her life. Yeah, I would say definitely changed her for the better. (laughs) Yeah, she's been changed. So, you know, she does what anyone does and they distract themselves and she throws herself back into her old life like nothing's wrong and everything's okay. And, you know, she starts using... Daedalus's loom that he gifted her and (laughs) she even said she even says that it's so amazing her grandmother would offer her sea snake for it and I was like (laughs) grandma how could you nope and it just made me laugh because of how much we talked about that damn snake and it's still a part of the conversation so yeah did it have a name 
Can I call it Nagini if it didn't have Nagini. a name? <laughs> I don't think it had a name. So. Okay, great. Nagini it is. See, Harry Potter and Cersei, they, this is where they come together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's, you know, trying to distract herself and keep busy. And like the cat lady she is, um, she makes a sweater for her lion. <laughs> and she calls her lion the queen of Phoenicia. Let's Phoenicia. Phoenicia. The queen of Phoenicia. And I feel like as a cat mom myself, I would do something like that. You know, I just feel, and then the cat's like prancing around in it. Um, and then this like voice, maybe it's the sea snake, is like, you will never see Phoenicia. You <laughs> like, will never see Phoenicia. Yeah. And um, I heard it know. as like the Harry Potter, the, the Voldemort voice on the back of Quirrell's head. It was like, right? I oh. need more unicorn blood. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> will like never see Phoenicia. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it as it's, the pipes voice. Yes. Enemies yeah. Of the air, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, like we said, like this voice is coming up, right? This, this, um, this feeling she didn't have before about her island or, or her situation. And she says, you know, it was Daedalus who answered, a golden cage is still a cage. <laughs> <laughs> rip, 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 like, rip, rip, rip. Yep. And, Daedalus is, you know, he's still in her head. And I I think now, you know, I really realized that this chapter, in this chapter, I realized that they are both actually, like, that's probably also why they were so connected, because they both are trapped in one way or another. And they're, Mm -hmm. you know, um, both living in this way that doesn't necessarily make them fully happy. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow, they really were connected. They really, you know, and I think also seeing Daedalus really, like, showed her you know brought to the top for her like her own situation um and she's starting to kind of you know feel the constraints and she also can't seem to get her sister out of her head and i uh i think it's funny because she's having these like conversations in her head and it's interesting too because i don't know if these are conversations that they actually had because in the last chapter, we have this like back and forth between them, but then she's quoting things her sister said to her, right? Uh, but we didn't hear that before. So part of me is mm-hmm. like, is that just something we missed? You know, we didn't see that part of the story or that conversation, or is this literally like as you do, you know, you you're so pissed at someone that you start having imaginary fights with them in your head, which I don't know about you guys, but I have totally done that mm-hmm. in my life. Like a lot. <laughs> I have some great comebacks in those imaginary fights. Let me tell and you. And you get like riled up, right? Yeah, I think too part of it is that it's almost like she let Pasife get to her in that argument. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, she let totally. her words sink in not at that time cuz she wasn't ready, but that 11-day mm-hmm. journey across the sea back home, I'm sure she spent a lot of time thinking yeah. about what Pasife said to her and Mm-hmm. Even what Daedalus said to her, you know, and even what, because she recalls these things, you'll never see Phoenicia, yeah. a cage is, a golden cage is still a cage, mm-hmm. you will never leave. These words get to her. Yeah. And I think she didn't anticipate that would happen. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, she's just, she's kind of going through this mental shift because of it. And then something else I thought was interesting is she also starts realizing that her mom might actually be a witch as well. I think at some point, She's uh Pacife says to her, Look how they stopped our mother's womb. Have you not noticed how easily she twists father and our aunts? 
And so she says, I had noticed it seemed to go beyond beauty, beyond whatever bed tricks she might know. She is clever. Clever, Pasifay laughed. You always underestimated her. I would not be surprised if she has witch blood too. We do not get our charms from Helios. So it's interesting. It's like, oh, you know, oh, there's more to this story, right? Like, okay. So that's maybe where they get their their witchiness, you know, the legacy (laughs) um, that you don't really realize or that – Cersei didn't even like realize. So I think in a way, Pasiphae has also kind of unfolded this like naivete that Cersei had, right? It's like, hey, I'm going to take this like rose colored glasses off you that you had about some things. Mm-hmm. And Cersei's starting, like you said, Kelsey, like she's starting to kind of masticate on those things and like think about mm-hmm. them, probably on her 11 day journey on the boat with <laughs> men who were freaked out by her. Mm-hmm. So, and then, um, you know, Hermes returns and Cersei Hermes. starts to, Hermes, Hermes stop, uh... stop. Uh, and then Cersei starts to feel you know, distaste when she looks at him. And of course, like, she's like, I've know, had the best. I don't want you. Right. <laughs> no. like, you I know. I love she says, you ain't she's, no data list. Get out of here. <laughs> she says his hands are too perfect. And I just thought about like, you know, she likes them blistered scarred men's hands. <laughs> she wants a guy who's worked, right? She wants a man who's worked hard. He's got those blisters, those calluses. And what has Hermes done? Gossip. Uh, yeah. Get out of here with that shit. <laughs> be gone um, be gone and so of course this makes him want her more because he's a fuck boy right and <laughs> so you know she's not yes. interested and he's like oh hey what's up you don't like me anymore like come over here um and he tells he's like her, w-i-d like yeah what's, what you doing um <sighs> so he <laughs> tells her about the minotaur the whole story about the minotaur so we start to bring those pieces into play now too because we've already found about found out about Daedalus R.I.P. R.I.P. Rip rip rip. Yeah. So it turns out that Pasiphae's eldest Androgeus is killed in Athens. Um, oh, so yeah, like yeah. the whole folklore behind this and then they were made to send so you know Minos punishes Athens and says okay you guys have to send seven young boys and seven young girls every year to Crete as a sacrifice and I was like do I smell Hunger Game vibes here I volunteer as tribute Um, and so eventually the son of Athens king Theseus ends up being chosen as tribute (laughs) and Ariadne uh, ends up kind of falling for him. So she comes back into play um, and, uh, you know, giving him a sword to help him kill the Minotaur. And actually, after he does it, she's really kind of sad that her brother has been killed. And Hermes says she kind of had grown this fondness for him. And she, like, visited him down in, you know, um, in the labyrinth and everything at, at different points. Um, so she's, you know, kind of like actually more sad about that than anything and she flees crete and um the god dionysus uh claims her and asks theseus to leave her on an island so he can like pick her up and marry her and she falls asleep and this bitch artemis just kills her this little bitch oh my god when i tell you like and then Herbie says, like, I asked her, like, we pressed her. And she just was like, you know how she is. She just, like, gets things up her butt and just does things. And I was just like, 
WTF? Like, I was so upset, and uh, it seems that it enraged Cersei just as much as it did me um, because she is just like, I wish I could, like, go head-to-head with Artemis and, like, hurt this god. Like, how could you? Um, And so, of course, Hermes gives her a hard time for crying, and then Mm -hmm. she says, get out! Get out! (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yes. Um, throwback. Also, she actually says, like, get out verbatim. I was like, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and Hermes uh, being, you know, his charming self is like, if you cry every time some mortal dies, you'll drown in a month. Like, come on, get over it. Don't Hermes, go F yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't need you. We've got Daedalus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, side note, there is a book called Ariadne Out um, about... Ariadne and the Minotaur and of course I had to buy it and start reading it so I'll let you guys Mm. know how that is but it was on a shelf next to Circe at a bookstore and I was like okay I'm gonna take that (laughs) perfectly timed I just read this chapter and I was like I think this would be interesting so um yeah check it out so anyways back to Circe eventually finds out you know once Hermes returns that her sister has kind of gone mad in Crete after the Minotaur has been killed. And she finds out that also she kind of finds out the story about Pasiphae that her and Minos like kind of argue over in the last chapter, like briefly. And that is that when they first got married, Pasiphae turned his sperm into snakes and scorpions so that he <laughs> killed anyone he cheated on her with. Ouch. Nice, uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Way to go, pass way to go <laughs> Oof. yeah it, that's that's uh something else um, do you think spermicide would have worked on those i know right i don't <laughs> think that was around then <laughs> I, it's funny i don't think that's around now i feel like it had its moment right did people still use that <laughs> I it don't had know. its moment in the 80s i know right? i think there's like still spermicidal lubricant yeah i think i've read like certain lubricants if you're like trying to conceive you're not supposed to use right because they can like mess things up. So, yeah, yeah interesting. But uh, the story is like so vile to Cersei. She says, It is done. I will think of them no more. I cast them out and I am finished. Um, and we'll find out if that's true. You know, Hermes Lioness seems to think otherwise. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you know, it's this is a pretty like short chapter, but it mm-hmm. is just interesting. Like, you know, you get this like, shift in Cersei I think overall of her you know starting to mill over all these things that went on and how she's going to proceed we'll see what's going to happen next I think there's a really great great quote in here I always bring up a quote I think there's a really good quote and she brings up or she recalls her experience with Prometheus so much I think because it was such an important experience for her to realize like life is not as she thought it was you know that was such a that was such a monumental incident in her life that she always calls back to it when she's learning things. She recalls it in this chapter when Hermes tells her, you know, if you cry every time a mortal dies, you'll drown in your own tears and drown in a month or whatever. And she thinks about mortals and gods and titans and how they're all related to each other in terms of like how their lives differ and how their the value of their lives is so different. And um, she recalls it was their fate, as Prometheus had told me, the story that they all shared. 
no matter how vivid they were in life, no matter how brilliant, no matter how the wonders they made, they came to dust and smoke. Talking about mortals. Meanwhile, every petty and useless god would go on sucking down the bright air until the stars went dark, which is so like such a vivid way to talk about her personal thoughts on mortals versus, you know, gods and titans and whatnot. Like, and she, this is not news, you know, she's, she's been very vocal and forthright with her disdain for gods and titans and olympians alike everybody but mortals pretty much yeah yeah so she's not wrong at all by any means um but i just i love when she calls back to the moments with prometheus because it it Mm -hmm. really affected her and taught it taught her so much and she still goes back to that moment and continues to think about how much wisdom he put upon her in such a short amount of time which i think was really interesting yeah can we say he was also a constellation right I think we could. I think we yeah, could say that yeah. in like a fatherly way or like a yeah. wise uncle well, way. I think their souls connected Did for dip a moment, together. right? Mm-hmm. They dip together for a moment. It doesn't have to be romantic, right? Mm-hmm. You it know? certainly and does not. <laughs> yeah, it's not I think, all about I think dramas time, and romance, okay? Yeah, I think by the time we're done with this book, she's going to have quite a full sky. You know, she's going to have a lot of constellations in her sky that she's touched upon. I think now we have two new segments. It's Kelsey's quote corner because you always come with the best quotes (laughs) and Gloria's candles. (laughs) I I forget what I called it last time. Candles with glow. Candles with glow. Yeah. There you go. We'll put a glow glow. in your life. There you glow. Even better. (sighs) There you glow. Book has been closed. Done. (laughs) You're looking for a marketing job? I can hire you. (laughs) Can I work from home and make $3,000 a month? Absolutely. (laughs) Great. Anyway, who's our Greek of the Week? (laughs) Greek of the Week. Greek of the Week. Is it Artemis? Yeah, you know, let's talk a little bit about, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, I don't even know if she's brought up again in this book but man it did not make me a fan of artemis in any way shape or form I was what like, about ariadne i don't know if she's brought up we again, haven't but you can have a repeat awardee well, of the yeah, week of the week i feel let's like let's do artemis and ariadne so artemis is like the goddess of wild animals the hunt vegetation and of chastity and childbirth and she also um, she's the twin of chastity and childbirth i don't i know right she was a sister of twin sister of Apollo, but she also like I feel like she's one of those people. I don't know if you've heard that like sound on Instagram or TikTok that's like, am I better than everyone? Like that's <laughs> yeah. just her. Like that's totally her aura, right? That's that's what I've got from anything I've heard about her. Like she's like, I'm so amazing and I'm super chaste and I like never do anything bad with men. And um, but somehow I'm in charge of childbirth. That makes no sense. And uh Ariadne well, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, <laughs> Ariadne, the daughter of Pasiphae and Minos, she fell in love with Theseus, which we have read this chapter or heard mm-hmm. of this chapter. Uh, she helped him escape the labyrinth after he slew the Minotaur, her brother, a half beast, a beast, half bull and half man. Um, it says actually here the legends diverge. She was abandoned by Theseus and hanged herself, or Theseus carried her to Naxos and left her there to die. And she was rescued by and married the god Dionysus. That's interesting that Madeline Miller chose to have her killed by Artemis. She must have something against Artemis. 
Because <laughs> she's not even in like this at all, right? Yeah. So it's interesting because um, it's a, like I it says like she's also like appears as a like a con a consort of she often appears like with Dionys- Dionysus and sometimes like they have kids or whatever. And it's funny because I got that book, Ariadne, and I was like, well, how is this book going to end? Because she just gets slayed by like Artemis and it just sucks. And so now I'm like, oh, I'm sure this book's going to be more interesting because there's actually a lot more going on to mm-hmm. the story, right? So maybe that's not the way the author's going to take it. It's a different author too. It's not um, – have to look up the author of that book but um yeah so it'll be interesting to see like this side story and where she takes it um because I feel like any of these novels you know there's the interpretation of the author of where this Greek like modernization of the Greek story goes and I do think like Madeline Miller did a good job of like tying all these stories in but it is interesting that she chose to end her life that way so I wonder – I would love to, like, sit down with her and be like, why would you choose that? Like, mm-hmm. why did you do that for that, you know? Was it more that you wanted to get Cersei's reaction to all these mortals around her dying, like, these tragic deaths? Maybe that was part of it. I love, too, that she takes a lot of her liberties with female characters, you know? She mm-hmm. – and what makes me say that is the second part of this definition from – Encyclopedia Britannica says that ancient Greek poets and artists like to portray Ariadne asleep on the shore of Naxos while Dionysus gazes at her with love and admiration. In ancient art, Ariadne frequently appears as the consort of Dionysus, sometimes with their children. And so thinking about how she's portrayed in history and in art and thinking about how Madeline Miller wrote her into this story you know, she gave her a much richer and more interesting story than, you know, she's the consort of one of the gods right? or, or she's, she's like- this thing to be gazed upon just as like something beautiful. And like if you, you know, if you look yeah. at images of her, she's absolutely gorgeous, you know, in yeah. in images that you can find, you know, anywhere in art and ancient art and whatnot. Yeah. She's always very beautiful, but she, you know, Madeline Miller makes sure that she becomes so much more than just that. Even in the short yeah. time that she's in this book, you know, she's a kind person and she's got depth to her. Yeah. And then it's funny, too, like in the legend, it's like she's so in love with Theseus, right, that she helps him kill the Minotaur and then she hangs herself because he leaves her or whatever. But she actually like, you know, she writes into the story that like she actually weeped when the Minotaur died, not because she was happy, but because she was sad and she was connected to him and she had this soft spot for her brother. Right. right? And then like they kind of say like she didn't really like she could have married Theseus, but she didn't really want to like. And so it just gives her that like it's a story not about a woman like who's just following men. Right. It's like this girl who's um got all these again like giving these colors to this character this these layers to her and her death is just more senseless rather than like her being like "Eh, I don't like it this guy doesn't like me right Mm -hmm. um so yeah maybe that was why she chose that that's so interesting Kelsey I never even like thought about that Mm -hmm. um and you're so right that she's giving these women characters like more power and more of like a a backstory and it's not always about romance and love and 
or how the men like they're not defined by how the men interacted with them yeah yeah they're defined by themselves Mm -hmm. gloria do we have glow with glow with gloria gloria what are we gonna call it (laughs) (laughs) candles with glow Candles, with, candles glow. with glow. Candles with glow. Glow. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I. It was. <laughs> it's interesting. I made a mistake. So there was a. Um, so I said I talked about the autumn candle. Oh. That was this chapter. <laughs> gotcha. The fragrant autumn. Um, Retraction. If you watched. Um, Harriet the Spy. That's how I learned what a retraction was. Yeah, but that's pretty much all I had for smells. Yeah, there's not a lot of smells in this chapter. There's mm-hmm. a lot more thoughts. It was very short. Right? It's it's slim so pickings, yeah, this chapter. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think one candle fits the ratio of the other chapters. <laughs> yeah, right? This is a, a zero candle chapter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How disappointing. I well, know. we'll get into just, some more meteor ones, right? So, yeah, we'll give this uh, this chapter "Fragrant Autumn" because it technically was in this chapter. It Love was just it. so short. I thought it was like part of the other chapter last week. Yeah, this is the pumpkin spice chapter of the book. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> PLS. PLS. Oh, PSL. PSL. <laughs> PSL. <laughs> pumpkin latte spice. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for joining us. Hopefully we'll have some more candles for y'all. Let us know in the comments if you'd buy them and give us a five-star review. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.